Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. The Volume. The Three and Out Podcast with me, John Middlecoff, is presented by FanDuel Sportsbook. There's no better place to make every moment more than with FanDuel. America's number one sportsbook, very easy to use, safe and secure. You get your winnings fast. I cannot recommend it enough. Love gambling with FanDuel. If you are new, just download the FanDuel Sportsbook app to get started now. Sign up with promo code Colin so they know we sent you. What is going on, everybody? John Middlecoff, 3 and Out Podcast. Saturday night. I wasn't planning on doing this, but, uh, you know, we usually do a mailbag on Sunday, and that's the game plan here at John Middlecoff. I just don't have that many questions, so I'm going to need you guys to fire in the DMs over the next couple days. I'll put one out on Tuesday as well on top of the podcast. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in the DMs. Get on the mailbag. But enough happened today football-wise. I thought I'd do, you know, 10, 15 minutes. Do a quick little Sunday podcast. Again, this 3 and Out podcast. Appreciate everyone listening. You subscribe on Colin's feed. Make sure you subscribe to the 3 and Out feed. A lot of people ask, like, where were you last week? There was a podcast on Thursday on the 3 and Out feed. So if you want to get the goods, you got to subscribe to the feed. Uh, As well as, uh, yeah, we'll be rocking and rolling after Sunday night. We'll know the playoffs. And we know the Jags are in. We'll see what else happens on Sunday. But I guess we will just react to that game. Um, first and foremost, remarkable job by Doug Peterson. He took over a franchise that has been a perennial joke for a decade. I know they had the one year in 17, but for the most part, they draft in the top five every year. And the franchise he took over just drafted number one overall. Now, unique situation given that Trevor Lawrence was on the team. But the Trevor Lawrence we saw his rookie year was pretty terrible. What Doug Peterson did with him this year was impressive. It's what a real coach does with a real quarterback prospect. Turns them into a really good player. But as you saw tonight, and as they've won some big games this year, their defense made some big plays. And when you draft over and over and over really high, you're going to have some talented players on defense. Josh Allen was a top 10 pick. You see a move on that fumble? It looked like Derrick Henry running. Number two, Jenkins. Obviously, the plays he made against the Cowboys made a sweet play tonight. Uh, I mean, he's not, you know, some top 10 pick, but they have, you know, the the rookie from Georgia on the on the defensive line made a couple plays tonight. Like they got some talent on the team. But overall, to me, that game and just this season reflected from the number one overall pick to nine and eight. Now, part of to win a division at nine and eight, you need the division to suck. It did. And they took advantage of it. And to me, the number one reason wasn't necessarily Trevor Lawrence. Over the course of the season, he had a huge impact. He had a great stretch of football. Tonight, I thought he was okay. Missed a wide-open touchdown. Missed another pass on third and seven. He threw it down the sideline, out of bounds. I I got news for you. A pass has never been completed inbounds. Now, listen, it's his second year. He is going to 
the talent is all there. He's going to have to get a lot better in big games. I mean, he's going to have one coming up more than likely against the Chargers. If they're going to win that game, and they'll probably be underdogs, and you know, more than likely they won't, but if they're going to compete, they're going to need a better performance out of him. But they do have some talent on that team. And obviously, you know, he is the gap between him. I was thinking about this tonight. The gap between him and Zach Wilson is like the Grand Canyon. And I started looking back at some of the previous, like, has there been a bigger gap between the number one overall pick and the number all overall two, the number two overall pick in recent memory? And I got to Miles Garrett, Mr. Trubisky. I'm like, that's a pretty big gap. But I, I think the gap between Trevor Lawrence and Zach Wilson, when it's all said and done, will be a lot bigger. But congrats to the Jags. To go 9-8 and eight this season is an impressive accomplishment. And honestly, to me, the Titans, the, I mean, they, they were, they were going to win that game until the fumble happened. They, they, were, they were phenomenal tonight, given what they were dealing with. And, and really, these last couple of weeks, to play with a guy who was on a practice squad, not on their team, what a remarkable effort these last couple of weeks by Joshua Dobbs. I'm not a big fan, never have been, but I, I was really impressed. I, I thought these two weeks alone, he played himself into being a backup or getting a shot to be like a legitimate backup next year. If I'm a team and I need a cheap quarterback, I would call him and sign him. Good arm, good athlete. You know, I, I know he dumped it off on the fourth down at the end of the game, but just the Titans had no business. I mean, that team had no business even being in this position. Mike Vrabel, I think we all have to agree, big-time coach, has his team ready when they shouldn't be. They compete, they fight when they don't have the horses. Defensively, they're always tough and physical, uh, but they just didn't have enough tonight. And ultimately, the the difference in the game was the fumble. But, you know, if Trevor Lawrence hits, uh, was it Kirk? Whoever was wide open, or Zay Jones, wide open in the end zone, you know, maybe this game wasn't as close as it should have been uh, or could have been. But uh, I had fun. And, and you know what? It's kind of weird because you're so foreign to watching big games in Jacksonville because it never happens. <laughs> that was a foreign experience. Uh, I'm glad it was on Saturday night. You know, I'm, I'm ready for Green Bay on Sunday night, but overall takeaways, that was really fun. And then on the previous game, just kick off the day, I, I don't know, same thing, rinse, wash, repeat. Chiefs win the division again. Chiefs beat the shit out of the Raiders. Raiders are 6-11. and 11. The Chiefs are, you know, 14-3. and three. I mean, it's, what did we expect? And the record is kind of crazy. Every team that played the 49ers, lost the, the following week. 0-15 this year, teams that played the 49ers. Pretty crazy stat. And uh, the Raiders got their ass kicked. And there's nothing really to say about the Chiefs. They're the number one overall seed. You know, I, I would say that they are, they have as good a chance to win the Super Bowl as any team in the league. You know, and we'll get into that them much more in depth over the next couple of weeks as we as we get closer to them playing, but as, as we break down some playoff stuff. Uh, nothing changed tonight or today for me with the Chiefs. They're a powerhouse. They have a powerhouse coach. They have a powerhouse quarterback, and they're not a team you want to play. To me, the Raiders, it, it kind of hit me today. Josh McDaniels, do I think he's a fraud? Like, obviously, he knows football, but he's not a good head coach. Like, he took a team that was in the playoffs last year and went 6-11, and and honestly, the eye test, it looked worse than that most of the season. You'd be like, oh, they were in all these games. They lost them all. Defense is horrendous. Derek got worse on his watch. Now, I don't know if the guy can afford it, and more than likely he can't because he is the least cash-poor owner or one of them in the NFL. Even though he's moved to a very lucrative stadium, he doesn't necessarily own the stadium. City does. He's got huge loans. He, he's very leveraged. So I don't know if he has unlimited cash. But he's proven before 
to be a big picture thinker and to take a big swing. He did it with John Gruden. Now, it didn't work, but I loved Mark's mindset when he made that move. He needed a splash. He needed a name and he needed a guy that he thought turned out not to be correct, but in his mind was like a rock star Super Bowl level coach. And I know Gruden's won a Super Bowl, won a Super Bowl 20 plus years ago, but I think we all agree watching him coach like those days are long gone. To me, the move's pretty easy. They did not talk to Jim Harbaugh last year, which to me was pretty head scratching. What I would do, because it's pretty clear, I'm shocked to see the NCAA put like uh, sanctions or coming down with him with violations or whatever the exact verbiage is on how we uh, define what's going on. I I honestly didn't know the NCAA still exists. Like they're still a thing. Like no one gives a shit about them. I I don't blame Jim Harbaugh for not talking to them at all. To me, they don't feel relevant that they they don't even feel legitimate. Uh, But I I guess they still are around. If I was Mark Davis, I would fire all my coaches and my GM and I would hire Jim Harbaugh. Because one thing's clear, they are desperate for some sizzle and some pop. They're in Vegas. They suck. They just have no momentum. And now they're kind of starting from scratch because they're getting rid of the quarterback. I would get rid of Josh McDaniels. Under no circumstances can you feel comfortable about what Josh McDaniels has proven in his two and a half years, one a long time ago, and then now this time with being a head coach. It has been an utter failure. Jim Harbaugh is guaranteed to work. Because he literally works everywhere. I understand Josh McDaniels and Mark Davis wanting Tom Brady. But to me, Tom Brady feels a little bit like a band-aid on a bullet hole. Because he's 46 years old. So even in the best case scenario, he still has a high level of football. And you're competitive and you compete to make the playoffs. It's a one-year thing. It's a one-year thing. And who even knows? I mean, there are a lot of rumors that he might not even be that interested. To me, Jim Harbaugh is a long-term thing. You fire all these guys, you offer Jim a six, seven-year deal, and you have the guy on the front of billboards. Exactly what you had with John Gruden, except Jim will win. Because that's what he does, wins. Look at John Gruden's resume. He loses a lot. Jim does not. So that would be my move. If Mark can afford it, if he has the cash, if he can take out another loan, I wouldn't hesitate. Because to me, it's clear that Jim Harbaugh, if he gets offered, will leave. And he is a big believer in history. He loved Al Davis. His start in coaching back in, I think, 0203 was with the Raiders. He's even said before the respect he has for the franchise. Uh, I, th- that's what I would do. couple other stories today. Sean Payton, the Denver Broncos, requested to talk to Sean Payton. Here's why it's not going to work. They don't have any picks. And while I don't think the Saints are going to end up getting a number one overall pick, and I don't mean the number one overall pick in the draft, a first round pick, is because they don't, Sean Payton's not coming back to you guys. Like those days are over. So you, you take a couple threes. Like you, when John Gruden was traded, he was on, he was the Raiders coach. Sean Payton works for Fox. He, I, I get you have his rights, but he's not coaching for you anymore. So are you better off just taking what you can get? Take a profit, right? Pigs get fed, hogs get slaughtered. If he's going to come back, like, what are you going to do? Deny him? I, I don't think that'll be the case. So, to me, the Broncos make no sense for Sean Payton. Why you'd want to work, you know, with Russell Wilson, I, I would be no chance. The, the one thing I do question Sean Payton a little bit is he wants to bring Ryan Pace as his general manager. Now, I understand that Sean Payton will ultimately be the decision maker whenever he comes back. Like, every player on the roster 
free agent or draft pick, he'll have to sign off on. So even if Ryan Pace is technically like <clears throat> not a true GM, he still ends up doing a lot of work. And I, I just don't think he's very good at his job. That would be a little bit of a red flag for me. But uh, I, I think the Denver thing, I don't blame Denver for wanting to talk to him. But to me, that's that's never going to happen. And last but not least, before before we dive into a couple of mailbag questions, it, it sure feels like Sean McVay is going to quit or retire. I, I mean, I to me, it's quit. Like, he's not retiring. He's 36 fucking years old. And I get it. I mean, he he is a hard worker, gets up super early, no balance in life. I mean, I, I get his wife wants him home more. But I don't know, man. Uh, and I get being burned out. We, we've all experienced that. I, I just think that now, if he thinks the Rams are going to suck, I get it. But that is somewhat of a reflection on him. Like, he's the one that created this. He's the one that wanted this. And then he's just going to leave them with just a shit sandwich to deal with? You talk about a bad job. Who in their right mind would want to go to the Rams? So it sure feels like he's going to do that. And I would bet a large amount of cash that if Sean McVay goes to TV, which clearly that's what he'd retire to do, because he wouldn't lose any money. He'd give up his $15 million salary, and that's exactly what Amazon would pay him. Herb Street would be done, and they would just put Sean McVay with Al Michaels. Because Herb Street and Al Michaels have had the chemistry of oil and water. I mean, it's it's been a tough listen and watch. It, it really has. Now, would Sean McVay just be some star? Who knows? But at least he would know the NFL. So to me, that's an easy transition. Sean McVay doesn't lose any money. But and listen, I, I've changed careers before. But I do think like part of being a coach is working these crazy hours. It's like, you know, I need some balance with the family. You don't even have kids yet. Like, what do you think some of these guys with families? So maybe he'll never come back. Maybe it's just something he did it. He got to the mountaintop and he's out. Um, And maybe it's just as simple as I only know one way to do this. It's not a healthy way. My wife's given me a lot of pressure. But there's going to be a lot of resentment in the coaching world. Like times got a little tough. You had a shitty season. Like, welcome to the NFL. Andy Reid, Pete Carroll, Sean Payton, like all these guys have lost before. Like they've had down seasons where they miss the playoffs. It's it's competitive. You know, it's hard. Uh, but it honestly feels like his decision's already made. So uh if he does retire, I and part of it is like I don't want him to leave because the Rams will probably get some other random coach. Uh, but ultimately, the only thing I care about if he does retire <clears throat> is that he's calling games Bell Michaels. As a consumer, I just let's just get Herb Street full time back to college and we'll be off rocking and rolling. And again, I, I like Kirk Herb Street. I, I do. I'm not trying to like talk shit about Kirk Herb Street. He's just, he's just him and Al are just a very, very tough watch. They do not work. And Herb Street, just in fairness to him, doesn't know anything about the NFL. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions. Getting ready to take on spring? Make your first move with the reliable performance and power of steel battery tools. From hedge trimmers and mowers to string trimmers and more, right now you can save $50 on select battery tool sets. Real steel. 
Offer valid on select AK system sets through June 16, 2024. See participating retailer for details. Football season is underway. So now is the perfect time to download FanDuel, America's number one sportsbook. Because right now, new customers get a no-sweat first bet up to $1,000. That's free bets back if your first bet doesn't win. Just sign up using the promo code COLIN. FanDuel has all your favorite bets from money line to point spreads to player props. You can combine your bets for a chance at a bigger payout with a same-game parlay. The app is safe, secure, and super easy to use. Get paid your winnings fast. So sign up today with promo code Colin for your no-sweat first bet. Make every moment more this season with FanDuel, official sportsbook partner of the NFL. 21 and over and present in Arizona, Colorado, Connecticut, Illinois, Iowa, Indiana, Louisiana, Michigan, New Jersey, New York, Pennsylvania, Tennessee, Virginia, or West Virginia. Must wager in designated offer market. Max bet $5. Restrictions apply. See full terms at sportsbook.fanduel.com. Gambling problem? Call 1-800-NEXT-STEP or text NEXTSTEP to 533-42-ARIZONA, 1-888-789-7777 or visit ccpg.org slash chat, Connecticut, 1-800-GAMBLER or visit fanduel.com slash RG, Colorado, Iowa, Indiana, Illinois, New Jersey, Pennsylvania, Virginia, 1-877-770-STOP, Louisiana or 1-800-270-7117 for confidential help, Michigan. 1-877-8-HOPE-NY or text HOPE-NY-467-369, New York, Tennessee Red Line, 1-800-888-9789, Tennessee, 1-800-522-4700, Wyoming. Visit www.1800gambler.net, West Virginia. Let's dive into some Middlecoff mailbag questions. We'll bang out a couple and then I'll let you get on with your Sunday. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. At John Middlecoff is the Instagram. Fire in those DMs. Hey, John. You often mention how pre-NIL players will still paid on the download. I'm curious how this would occur. Would players find an envelope of cash in their locker or, or room? How would the players know if they were going to get paid? Would coaches openly discuss it when they were recruiting? Uh, yes, I think a lot of times on recruiting visits, your parents or the kid would discuss it either with a position coach or the head coach. I've heard stories about like uh, fast food restaurants. They told you to go to a fast food restaurant. I don't know exactly who they are, but it was communicated to the player. Go to the fast food restaurant. You go to Burger King. You say, I want the number one. They know when the kid walks in and they hand them a bag. And in the bag is a lot of cash. I think there are a lot of different other ways to do it. Uh, You know, whether it's funneling homes to family members, getting family members jobs, and through that funneling them money. Again, I have no problem with any of this. I just, I've always despised the, despised the disingenuous nature of many of the media elites who acted like the top kids were getting paid. Some people are not getting paid. Some people are still not getting paid. You know, most of them are probably not worth anything. I love this. Like, the how many guys truly have NIL value? Decent, you know, decent amount of guys do, but a lot of guys do not. And clearly, last year, a lot of guys are getting paid. That should not have been paid. Now, you can argue that happens in the NFL, too. Baker Mayfield got a million commercials. Lamar Jackson didn't get any. So it's part of business. You win some, you lose some. But uh, yeah, I just the pre-NIL cash. Obviously, I would say it's a little bigger now for the top guys. Like if Caleb Williams or Drake May or some of these guys are getting off four or five million dollars, that wasn't happening in football, in basketball. Some of the numbers over the years you've heard have been astronomical. But in football, because there's way more players, 
So it's like, is it worth it to give a million dollars to a pass rusher? He might not live up to the hype. In basketball, if you pay a premium for the top guys, like who are the top guys? Anthony Davis, Zion Williams, Kyrie Irving. Like the top guys are usually the top guys for a reason. They're sweet. In football, it's a little more hit or miss. Uh, so now we'll see. I I, I still think there's going to be a huge. Uh, I I would say just reckoning with this and just smoothing out the process with, with the cash flow. You guys know where I stand. I would only pay transfers. Like I would pay Caleb. I would pay the Wake Forest quarterback. I'd pay quarterbacks and maybe some like wide receiver and lineman, but they'd have to already be in college. I'd be hesitant to go big on recruits. Um, Okay, love the pod. I get on here a lot to ask questions, but I always get lost in looking at baddies on the gram and forget what I came here for. I feel you, dog. Mizzou is reportedly hiring Kirby Moore as their new OC quarterback coach. What are your thoughts on him since you know the Fresno State better than anyone? Thanks. Well, Kirby Moore is Kellen Moore's brother who played wide receiver for Boise when Kellen was there. Kellen and Kirby's dad was a big high school coach in the state of Washington. And I, I, these guys were born to coach. Now, people nitpick Kellen, and I get it. Part of also, it's like, <clears throat> he's the Cowboys offensive coordinator. I, I would bet the farm on those two guys, long term. Like, long term. I think Kirby Moore and Kellen Moore, you're going to hear about these guys coaching for a long, long time. I don't know if they'll quite be the Harbaugh brothers, but they are not going away. They were raised in a coaching family. They happen to be good at football. But they're both their careers basically ended after Boise State, and they were born to coach. So I, I think Kirby Moore, I think that's a fantastic hire. Now, coaching at Mizzou, it's it's tough, right? Georgia, Tennessee, you know, Florida's in flux, obviously. Kentucky had a shitty year. So who knows? Actually, maybe it's not that bad of a job. Uh, Vanderbilt sucks. Who else is in that? Uh, South Carolina is actually not bad. That division's gotten a lot better. Remember, like three or four years ago, that division was a joke. Now it's much more competitive. I saw Shane Beamer got a big um, got a big raise. Hey, John, big fan of the pod. It's clear to me the Jets are done with Zach Wilson. I don't think they will draft someone, as it seems they likely need an established quarterback. Who do you think they should go after? Trading for someone like Lamar, assuming he gets franchise tag, or Carr, or signing someone like Jimmy G? I think I might have already answered this one, but... I think the Jets just royally screwed up that situation and now are in a position where they have no leverage and they're desperate. You know, I, I think this notion, I, I like Jimmy G. I respect Jimmy G. I think he's a solid player, but he gets hurt all the time. Like all the time. One of the stories that came out this week, I think Albert Breer was on with Dan Patrick. And one thing that's kind of leaked out about the Raiders is they were over Derek like three or four weeks into the season. Over him. Over him. And if they don't get Tom Brady, like they're going to go after Jimmy G, probably. Obviously, Josh knows him. He knows the offense. Jimmy gets hurt a lot. Jimmy does not have seasons where he doesn't miss games. For the most part, Derek's missed like two or three games in his career. So this notion that you can sign Jimmy, whether you're the Raiders, whether you're the Jets, whether you're the Dolphins, and just expect him to be the player, right? Like when you signed Phillip Rivers with the Colts or traded for him, I guess you, you signed him. He just started every game for you. That's not if you sign Jimmy G, if he makes it through the season, that would be astonishing. <clears throat> that would be eye-opening because it never happens. I, I'm very hesitant when it comes to Derek Carr in cold weather cities. Uh, it's just not really his cup of tea. 
It just really isn't. So that would make me nervous with the Jets. I honestly, I don't really have a good answer for you with the Jets. I I guess, you know, I don't know how you would turn down Derek, but I I don't, I do not love the fit. I, I just don't. Hey, last, last question here. Do you think offenses that are being run in college are making it easier or harder for college players to adapt to NFL playbooks? You mentioned the steep learning curve for Christian Watson and Romeo Dobbs had to adapt to play with Aaron Rodgers. Does running spread offenses college help or hurt in transitioning them to the league? My friend Phil Savage, who now scouts for the Jets, used to run the Senior Bowl. I remember talking to him years ago. It's probably two or three years ago, and he was telling me you, for the last like three or four years of him running the Senior Bowl, whenever the players would show up and they would have a meeting, and like the <clears throat> both coaching staffs would be in there, and they would they would ask they would ask the quarterbacks, they go, "How many guys in this room have been under center?" And he said, year after year, most years, no one raised their hand in, in college. I guess some of them, but even most of them in college. Or, I mean, in in high school. So, in the NFL, even if you run spread concepts and your offensive coordinator likes being the shotgun, it is still very dependent throughout the game and throughout the season of being under center for run looks, for pass quick passing game, for just balance of your offensive formations against defensive looks. And most of these quarterbacks have to learn how to go under center. Well, then, if you think about it, most wide receivers, the timing for the quarterback is a little different from them out of shotgun. And then, obviously, some of these offensive linemen coming from spread concepts makes it a lot different because they're not in run situations for quote-unquote power run situations. So it's just a big transition for a lot of offensive guys. Defense, like, if I'm a pass rusher, I'm a pass rusher. Ball snapped, I'm chasing the quarterback. If I'm a DB and we're in man coverage, like, I'm either a good enough athlete to mirror you and cover you or I'm not, right? Linebackers, it impacts. Because if I'm a linebacker in the Big 12 and I play against a bunch of spread offenses and then I get to start playing Seattle and the Niners and they're running down my throat, you know, I play for the Rams or the Cardinals, like it, it does impact you. So for sure. Yeah, I don't know what else to say beside it. It has a, it has a big impact. Um, but there's nothing you can do about it. You know, it's part of why scouting is so difficult because you're scouting the individual talent. Like this guy has the skills. The route running ability, he can catch, but he doesn't run any of our routes, right? Or this guard, I I think there's a lot to work with, but it's going to be a transition. So a lot of it is projecting. You have to go, that's why you got to scout the person. This guy's really smart. He loves football. Uh, It means everything to him. His work ethic is top notch. Then you go, not only does he have the physical skills to translate, but I think he's intelligent enough from a football standpoint. I, I don't care. I mean, it matters. Usually guys that takes things seriously in every walk of life translates to all walk of lives. Like some people think if you get straight A's, if you're a football player and you do well in school, then you take football seriously too, right? Some guys do bad in school, but they take football really seriously, probably maybe because school doesn't come easy to them. So that you're trying to figure out the way the guy's mentality is wired. That's why it's difficult, you know? It really is. But ultimately, if you have the physical skills, let's use Dobbs and Watson. Then it comes down to the transition of learning the offense, the timing, playing with Aaron's not easy, your football intelligence to learn an, you know, a pretty intense offense. I mean, the, the Shanahan offense is just not easy to learn. Obviously, Aaron's not easy to play with. Uh, you know, he's doing all these hand signs when you're learning on the fly. So yeah, it's just 
It, there are a lot of variables at play. It's why coaches make a lot of money because the good ones are worth it and the bad ones are fucking stealing. Have a good Sunday. I'll talk to everyone soon. Peace. Allstate wants to remind fans that mayhem is everywhere, like at your pregame barbecue. While you prep your meats, that grease trap you forgot to empty is prepping to smoke your porch, garage, and the car inside. And without the right home and auto insurance coverage, the cost to repair this could eat up your savings. So bundle home and auto with Allstate to save and get protected from mayhem like this. Bundled savings variant are not available in every state. Coverage is subject to policy terms and conditions.